Well, welcome everybody. Thank you so much for joining us today. We are here with Mike Rosas. How you doing today, Mike? I am well. I am well. It's an honor to be on here. Man, it's an honor to have you on here. I so appreciate you doing this for me. And we are on week five of quarantine. Yes. <laughs> and it has been an experience. It has been uh, uh, amazing, scary, incredible, <laughs> terrible. It's been all of those emotions mixed together. And in the process of all this, you've had a new baby. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it is, it, it's been a crazy season on top of a crazy season for sure. <laughs> so, man, tell me this. In the midst of all this happening, you know, you're, you're, you and your wife are about to have a baby. And you begin to hear that things are shutting down. You uh, are the chaplain of the Rockets. Right. You begin to hear that the NBA is closing down, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> this becomes real. <laughs> what do you start to experience in your heart, man? Um, I, I think it, I think there's a little bit of shaking at the beginning, just saying, okay, what's going on? Um, a lot of my prayer times consist of me asking the Lord, what are you thinking? Because it doesn't really matter what I think, because he's the one who has all the answers. So I, I was seeing things, and at first I thought, Okay, you know, it's overblown by the media. They're just, they're making a big deal of this. And then uh, I, I think when the NBA closed, I think it really sent shutters around the world because the NBA was losing $500 million a month being closed. So at that point, I think people began to take notice and understand this was a bigger deal. And so, uh, you know, for myself, again, I, I, I think, I think like everybody, I was kind of caught off guard, shaken, but I, I think being in the father's presence just really brought peace. And, you know, it, it's not like, you know, it brought me peace at the beginning. I held on to that peace the whole time. I had to get into the father's presence daily, if not multiple times a day to keep that peace because there's so much rhetoric. There's these narratives, um, so many conspiracy theorists. And so you just think, you know, what to do with all this. And I think it's important as believers to make sure above all other narratives, we're hearing the narrative that the father is playing out. Mm. So good. So what would you say in this five weeks? I mean, personally, mm -hmm. what would you what would you say has been the highlight for you of what the Lord's been showing you as Mike Rosas? You know, I, I think the Lord's been very, very gracious. Um, you know, I, I think like everybody, it was a time of reflection and repentance. Um, it reminded me of the importance of uh, having our family altar, which, you know, we'll have family service time from time to time. But I think this showed me the importance of, you know, you, you fall where you lean. And because we were leaning towards always doing ministry stuff, leaning towards always doing uh, business, when I came home, this was my time to rest. Mm. When the reality, you know, I should be pastoring my family first. I should be ministering my family first. I should be leading them into the presence of the Father. So I have a six-year-old daughter, a three-year-old daughter, and now a two-week-old son. And so, you know, what I think kept me, my, my three brothers, all of us living for the Lord, was my father and mother making us have two services a week at home wow. besides being at church every time the doors open. Um, you know, me and my three brothers, my parents, none of us have singing abilities and each one of us would have to sing two praise songs and two worship songs. <laughs> and my dad would read the word for us. But I think it was those things that really resonate in our heart decades later, showing the reality of God. It's not just a God we serve at church on Sundays, mm -hmm. but it's a God who's real and wants a, an abiding presence in our homes. Mm -hmm. That's good, man. 
Well, that, that's a, that's awesome that your parents did that, that that's carried on. I know for me, my family, we were opposite. You know my dad. He's a pastor now, and I work with him, right? And uh, But we didn't do anything like that. You know what I mean? It was like the opposite of that, right? And, uh, and so with my own kids, the legacy of how do I uh, shepherd yeah. my own family first and you know, I know that what God, I'm seeing God doing is a lot of that. We were so excited that this year would be the most stadium events ever in our nation, right? Oh. And I know you've heard the same thing, but what it's like I, I feel this just this real revelation that God is starting in our homes with our families yeah. before we go to the stadiums, right? Yeah. It all has to start here with us. So right, amazing, all right. Man. And, and you, know, you know, judgment always starts in the church. And so, you know, for us, I, I always have my my wife with me when I go to preach or my kids. And so even though they're always in the house of God, I want them to understand the house of God is present in our house, too. Not just when we, you know, connect together as an assembly. And so, I, you know, I think it's really important, specifically for the next generation, to continue to stoke that fire and that hunger for them. Don't stop taking them to church but also have church at home. And I think I think it's the mixture of those two that really give you the tension and the stress to be able to go through what the world is telling us and hold on to the, the peace and truth that is the Father. Mm, that's good. Well, so how would you say during this time you've seen the church respond? You know, I think the church... Um, I, you know, again, I think parts segments of the church have responded well. Segments of the church, you know, having so much, I, I, I think, you know, one of my greatest prayers for the church is that we don't go back to normal. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I'm not saying everybody was sinning, everybody was doing wrong. I'm not saying that at all. But what I am saying is, I feel like the Father gave us a refresh and a restart. And if we don't take advantage of this, I think at that point there's going to be catastrophic judgments. I think there's going to be catastrophic pains. And so I want to make sure that we as the church, because anytime I talk about the church, I always put myself in the front of that statement, Mm. uh, make sure we're prepared and we're ready, that we're not just going about our business, but we're going about the Father's business. So again, I've seen the church be very present in the digital age, which I think is beautiful. Um, I've seen a lot of people speaking hope. And I'll be honest, one of the things that excited me the most is I've seen people who aren't pastors, apostles, Mm. prophets, teachers, or evangelists do Facebook Lives or Instagram Lives saying, hey, I just want to encourage you. And I, I love that because yeah. to me, that's my life's message, the revolution, where the Father uses everybody, not just people with quote-unquote titles. So I've been loving seeing the body being activated and stepping into that place where everybody understands the importance of their voice. Mm, no, that's great. So what would you say that you're hearing right now in this time, the Father saying to the church, the Spirit saying to the church? You know, um, on March 11th, this was uh, it was considered by President Trump a national emergency. He came on that night, that Wednesday night. And so for us, that really hit hard because Wednesday morning, March 11th, we signed a three year lease for office space. So (laughs) so I I was I got a little nervous that night. I was talking to my wife, Lydia. And I said, I said, I said, man, what do you think? Like, this is now a national emergency. You know, I'm speaking to my wife and, uh, you know, she, she could she could hear the fear and the tension in my voice. And so she said, did God speak to you? I said, yeah, 100 percent. She said, then we're good. So I was like, that brought a lot of peace to my heart. So the next morning I woke up early. I said, God, tell me, what are you thinking? 
I said, because you told me to sign office space. Now it's a national emergency. They might potentially shut the nation down. I said, so what are you thinking? And so, so God brought me to a message I preached probably about five years ago. And it talks about Abraham in Genesis 12, where the Bible says that a famine arose, and he did what anybody would do in that situation. He looked for greener pastures. So he goes to Egypt, and as the story plays out, he has to lie, cheat, and steal to sustain himself. Pharaoh almost takes his wife because he says it's his sister. And then 14 chapters later in Genesis 26, it says the same famine arose as in the times of Abraham, but for Isaac. But the Bible says that he sought the Lord, and the Lord said, stay here, and I'm going to bless you. He stays there, he sows, he's faithful and diligent, and the Bible says that God gave him a hundredfold harvest in that year. God said, if you listen to me, I can feed you through the famine and sustain you through the season. And so God really gave us that encouragement to say, you know what, don't, don't look at the perspectives that the world is placing on, because I've got you. And what we saw is we became aggressive during that time rather than fearful and kind of holding back. And, you know, besides doing full-time ministry, I also have a a marketing agency. And our marketing agency actually has grown throughout the coronavirus Mm. during this quarantine because, not because the circumstances or the factors were in our favor, but because we heard the word of the Lord and we obeyed the word of the Lord and the Lord sustained the word that he gave. Mm. Wow. The response of believers today, the response of our hearts, like it's like the Lord is after our hearts, right? Not mm-hmm. like the story about what God's doing in the bride today. It's not so much about doing, but about being. Now, mm-hmm. there's not one or the other, right? They're both. Right. No, no, no. Both they go hand in hand. <laughs> it's, it's not, you know, love God or love people. It's they're both. And as we love God, we can't help but love people, right? And, right. Uh, um, so tell me this, Mike. What would you say, as believers, our response should be in these months ahead? I mean, we've seen over 55,000 die today. Uh, we've mm-hmm. seen hundreds of thousands sick, you know. And, uh, and sometimes, as believers, I think we can downplay, right, mm-hmm. a lot of times... Yeah the real pain or what's really happening until it's our home. So what do you think our response as believers should be moving forward? You know, I I think it's very important that we get back to what you said, understanding the hand in hand of loving God and loving people. Because as a church, we can get so lost in trying to help people and love people that we forget to love God. And let me tell you, if our love for man doesn't come out of our love for God, it's manipulative. And I want to make sure that the church, that we don't do good works out of our own strength because it will burn us out. So I want to make sure that we love God and we spend the, the ample time in the Lord's presence so that grace flows out of that. And so then we can truly love man, truly love women, no strings attached just to bless them and to be the uh, the picture of the heart of the Father to a world that desperately needs to see it. Because it is, you know, even for myself, my, uh, my mom's cousin, um, she was the first female death of coronavirus in the country of Colombia. Mm-hmm. So for us, we, we've gone through with our cousins what it looks like, them not even being able to, to see their mom. When she had symptoms, they took her to the hospital, her, her, her body, you know, washed away fast when she died they weren't allowed to see the body and so 
they from one week to another their mom is kind of sick and now they'll never see her again mm. and so that's the reality of the trauma that humanity is dealing with and so we have to understand that you know our platitudes and our you know our christianese it might communicate something to you and i but we have to make sure we take the love of the father and like jesus we communicate it in ways that the common and normal men and women can understand. Mm. Oh, wow. Powerful, man. So, Mike, do this for me. Take a few minutes and just speak directly to the hearts of believers. For sure. Um, you're, you're safe in His hands. You are safe in His presence. He loves you. He cares about you. Not one second have you been forgotten or left alone. And so in the midst of that, I would say, take advantage of this season. Don't let it take advantage of you. Understand that, yes, things can be scary and things can be fearful. We're not going to play it down because it is with uh, American economy, very shaky. The world's economy teetering and tottering by breaking. It's easy for us in our human flesh to think, how am I going to provide? How am I going to do this? And, and let me remind you, it's the Father who provides. One way or another, he used ravens for Elijah. Let me tell you, he can use different things to bless us, encourage us, and empower us. God doesn't need the American economy or the world's economy to bless you and sustain you. But what I want to really challenge you with is something that King Solomon taught us in the book of Ecclesiastes. In chapter 7, verse 2, it says, It's better to go to the house of feasting, I'm sorry, of mourning, than it is to go to the house of feasting. Um, there's a saying in the NBA, winning cures everything. And it's this idea if teammates are bickering, if you're going through a, a struggle, if everybody's winning, people just kind of overlook the small things until you lose. And then when you lose, you have to ask the hard questions. A lot of times um, we're, we're winning in the America, in the American economy, in the West, we're winning a lot. And so we don't ask those hard questions because we can, we can look like we're blessed in reality inside our spirit man or, or is is weak is poor and so i want to challenge you look at those things in your life look at those pillars make sure they're reinforced in christ the foundation and allow this next season to be a season of change because god wants to restore us to the place he wants us to be not not where we perceive to be so even though the world may have taken a step back the father can, can elevate us in a way that we never thought but it, it comes back to our hearts being submitted to him. I just want to challenge you in the midst of the, the last few days of the quarantine, last few weeks, take advantage of the season. Don't let the season take advantage of you because your father still has you in his hands. He has not forgotten you. He knows your name. He knows where you are and he loves you. Thanks, Mike. You get the opportunity to work with a lot of different pastors and ministry leaders throughout our nation. Would you just take some time just to speak into their hearts uh, as we walk through what the future looks like, what change looks like, uh, new wine. We, it's like we have this new wine skin and we're waiting for this new wine that's gonna pour into that wine skin. Just, just speak into their hearts, man. Pastor, evangelist, apostle, prophet, teacher, I, I honor you in this season. Not only have you had to take care of yourself and your family, but you've had to take care of congregations. And for that, I honor you and I, I thank God for your life. Um, I, I want to encourage you. We're coming into a new season, a, a new wineskin, as my brother Cassidy just said. And I want you to understand we don't know how to handle it. We don't know how to steward it. Let us not fool ourselves thinking that we have some knowledge of the digital world that we already know. We don't know. 
And it's this dependence and this weakness and its brokenness that's going to draw the Father to us and allow Holy Spirit to reveal His next season strategies, anointings, and giftings that I believe is going to empower us to do more than we've done in the last decade in a few months. So I want to challenge you. Let your heart be drawn to the Father's presence, not for answers, but for His heartbeat. Let your heart be drawn to His presence just to reinstill that. Because at the right time, Holy Spirit will give you the words, the strategy, and the know-how to excel in this next season. The American economy may take a step back, but let me tell you, I believe the church is going to take a giant leap forward. So I want to, I want to encourage you, but I also want to empower you. Let your heart be drawn closer to Him. For the last 11 years, I've studied revolution. And that's what I believe we're in. I believe we're in a revolutionary time. And let me tell you, I, I would think after studying revolution for over a decade, I'd be better prepared for the next season. I'm not. So I'm drawing close to the heart of the Father. I'm giving more questions than answers. And I'm saying, what do you think about this next season? What do you think about how you want to minister, how you want to evangelize, how you want to love? And the Father is graciously, the same way He gives the kingdom, He gives the strategy of the kingdom. He's just waiting for us to ask. So I want to, I want to congratulate you for getting through this tough season. And I also want to prepare you to be ready for the harvest season. Like Jesus told the disciples, the harvest is ready and it's whiter than snow. Mike, thanks so much, man. Bro, I pray this season for you, man, for nearness with your family, with the Lord. And man, you got so much going on, just like all of us. And man, I just pray that the Lord would bless you, man, and that His Spirit would empower you in every arena, man, that there would be the power of the Holy Spirit, just loving people, man, loving yes. people, loving people. <laughs> Thanks for joining Amen. us today, Mike. I appreciate it, man. My pleasure. The honor has truly been all mine.